Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Man, what a football weekend. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Injuries, major injuries, trade possibilities. Uh, we're going to switch things up just a little bit today. Instead of having the get them, drop them, keep them, we're going to focus today more so on the trade deadline that's popping up on tomorrow. Give you a few trades that the NFL should make. Maybe a few trades that are quite possible that will be made. Kind of give you a few opinions on the holes that need to be filled as far as the NFL teams are concerned um, at this week's trade deadline, which is tomorrow at 4 p.m. I want to say Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. With that being said, we have the crew on today for you. Uh, it's me, the fantasy fiend himself, Zay. I got my main man, Young Vander, on with me. Holler at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And I got my buddy, Bro Joe, on with us. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fame family? All right, y'all. Let's hop right into it with your news. And now your fantasy news. I normally tackle this in the intro, but bonjour, konnichiwa, good day, mate. Hola, como esta? Good day, a uten tag. And what's popping to all of the fans out there, home and internationally? Let's hop right into it, man. This Derrick Henry news has me all discombobulated. Man, you hate to say I told you so, but if you listen to us in draft season at all, I was one of the ones ringing the bell that after this many touches, after this many carries, NFL history indicates that there's an injury and a pretty significant one that's probably going to happen. And lo and behold, man, it looks like Derrick Henry is out for the year. And you talk about teams that now have to pivot. My goodness. I mean, that's a that that was the cornerstone of your team. And now you got to go a different direction. So, man, this is um some heavy hitting stuff on a Monday morning. Well, a quick update. Like it's a Jones fracture. So he'll be out for like eight weeks. Uh, they're saying that if the Titans make the playoffs, then he may be able to come back and play. So it might not necessarily be the whole season. They're going to have to sign somebody, obviously. But even so, that person won't start this week due to COVID protocols and also to, you know, coming into the week. I don't think they have enough time to even be at game speed by Sunday. With the COVID protocols, if they're vaccinated, can they come right in or do they have to wait that whatever the incubation period, whatever you want to call it, may be? Do, do they have to wait a, a certain period of time or how does that work? No, I think if you're if vaccinated, I think you can come in a lot, lot sooner. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys that hit practice squads right away. Some got elevated, activated right away. Um, even someone like Joe Flacco, he would have been able to play this week, but he had some personal things that kept him away. 
Okay, because so, that's um, the person I was about to ask about next. Right. So, yeah, you, you, if you're vaccinated, you can't actually get on the field a lot, a lot quicker. I don't even know what direction to turn next. We got, I mean, this is one of the heaviest news weeks we've had in fantasy thus far. We have Jameis Winston looking like he has a pretty significant knee injury sustained in the game on yesterday. Looks like it was from a horse collar tackle and uh, his knee just buckled underneath him. His coach, his head coach, Sean Payton, indicated that this is a significant knee injury and it involves the ACL and possibly another tendon in the knee area. So, Oh, yeah. Jameis Winston season is definitely over. I'm looking for the Saints to look more in-house than to look around the league as far as bringing the quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, so I think Taysom Hill probably would be the next man up if he's cleared this week with Trevor Simeon in the fold. But I'm sure they. it's possible they would bring in a guy, but I don't think they're going to bring in a guy to take that starting role. Mike Garoppolo of Pro Football Talk indicated on last evening that Taysom Hill – was already in progress to be ready for this coming week, to be able to go for this coming week before he realized that he was going to have to be the the starting QB. So the timeline had already been kind of set that Hill should be ready to go, or he was going to be ready to be the backup for this coming week against Atlanta. Um, and I'm sure Sean Payton would love for that to be his first game back, if you will, to kind of get his feet underneath him. But it looks like it's all a go for Taysom Hill. And if we remember what he was able to do on the field the last time he was called upon, he was almost a cheat code for a few weeks because not only was he getting the passing touchdowns, but he got the majority of the rushing touchdowns as well because he always ran in the red zone, kind of like some of the other, you know, scat quarterbacks that we have out there. So definitely something else to take a look at. If you need a QB, Taysom Hill should be on your radar. He is probably free, seeing as how he hasn't played even the backup role for the last few weeks. So take a look at that in your waiver conquest for this week. Staying in the quarterback vein for a second here. We have Deck Prescott, who missed last night's game with a calf injury. I'm of the mindset that this injury may be a little bit worse than what they're indicating it is. First of all, you just came off of the bye. If you look at some of the other players in the league that have had a similar injury, they were out three weeks, sometimes more, and, and several of them weren't QBs. With quarterbacks, sometimes you can kind of get away with not using your legs quite as much. I don't know that they want to risk that with Dak. And the fact that they were able to pull off a, a win against Minnesota on last evening with Cooper Rush, I think that honestly just gave Dak another week or so on the shelf without them having to worry about starting to head in the wrong direction record-wise. So I think they can stand to sustain two losses. Because their next two weeks, I know at least this coming week, isn't within the division, and they're definitely number one in the division. So do you guys think that Dak may be back next week, or this may be one of those calf injuries akin to, like, let's say, a Nick Chubb, and you really need about a month to get right? This is one of those injuries, I think, one thing trickled to the other. So I think the ankle mm, caused this gotcha. calf injury to happen. I definitely don't see him playing this week, especially with um, as well as Cooper Rush played in the reserve role. So like you said before, it's going to pacify it a little bit and they probably give him an extra couple weeks. I think this, this is more of a three or four week injury. Yeah, I normally do believe, is, yeah. Right. I do believe if Cooper Rush would have suffered last night, Andy Dalton probably would have been back in Dallas. Mm, you know? Okay. That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, they're going to get Andy Dalton a call. 
So you think Dak was going to be out this coming week regardless? It's just a matter of whether or not Cooper Rush was going to be in. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't see Dak playing. You heard it here first, people. Yeah, I didn't see Dak playing anyway. You know what I mean? They was really seeing, okay, what do we have here with Cooper Rush? You know what I mean? Because we don't want to drop too many games. Um, If he went out there and struggled, I think Andy Dalton would have been back in Dallas. I think Dak's going to be back probably week 10 against Atlanta. So, so – so you're thinking that he will actually – so he had, so that would be one more week of inactivity is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. For I'm sure. not going to break okay. Dak out against Denver. That's crazy. Because, see, I, I was thinking that he would actually be out for two more weeks and it would be the game after Atlanta that he would actually come back and only because they won last night. I, I think that they, in their mind's eye, they were saying, okay, Dak, you can come back and we can be five and three, and we'll be fine because we'll still be number one in the division. If Cooper Rush winning last night, that gives them a little bit more leeway to say, okay, Dak, just come back whenever you're ready. And, and not the fact that he won, but the fact that he looked pretty good doing it. They actually have a backup. I was one of those who was like, you know, at the beginning of the year, hey, you need to grab Cam Newton. You need to grab whomever uh, because if Dak goes down, you're going to be dead in the water. But they showed that they rely on on their in-house development and Cooper Rush actually showed and proved on last night along with the next guy that we're about to (laughs) bring up right quick. I would just like to take a second out and apologize. To Mr. Mike White, I believe my quote on last episode was, if Wilson can't get the job done, I definitely don't want the backup to the backup to the backup because Joe Flacco would have been starting and not Mike White after the performance that he had on the last game. But apparently a week of practice and knowing that it's your show did everything it needed to do for Mr. Mike White, almost to the point that it's looking like, I know this may be blasphemous based on capital spent, but he looked better in that offense than his true starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, has looked the entire time. I'm not indicating that there's going to be any type of a controversy or anything of that nature, but a few more showings like that, and we may have an RG3 Kirk Cousins type of a situation going. He definitely was playing off adrenaline yesterday. I watched that game. He he did make a few mistakes that you expected, but he fought back and came back. Played a very good game. Very unexpected. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure of it being a controversy yet. If if this kid just go out there and he just start, you know. One more time and have that type of performance. You know, if he just start taking them to wins, you know what I mean, and leading his team, then it's going to be some rumblings, you know what I mean, for sure. Um, it's funny that their coach even came out and said they're going to have a fire sale before this trade deadline. So I look for them to actually make a, a few moves anyway. Before, you think uh, Mike White might be one of them moves? <laughs> no, 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 not Mike. No, he can't go. He can't go right now. You not sure? after that performance. You just traded for Joe Flacco, and maybe you don't want the grumblings. Maybe you think that that ends up being worse for the guy that you just paid all that capital for in Zach Wilson. I would assume you can't sit him and, and start the, the other. It, it'd be different if, if White wasn't a rookie as well. But, I mean, guy, I mean, it's going to be very fascinating, the direction that the Jets take from here in that quarterback position. Yeah, they're confused. I mean, what do I do now? I just traded for Flacco. I'm not sure what type of uh, compensation they gave up, but I don't think they gave him too much compensation for Flacco. I'm more so looking at the Wilson side of it. I mean, I don't know if they they take this time and say, hey, you know, this was a three to four week injury. Let's go ahead and give you that fourth, maybe even a fifth week to make sure you're perfect. It's your first year. We don't want any, you know, lingering issues. And all the while, they're just saying, yeah, we about to give Mike White a few more weeks to prove whether or not this is real or not. 
because um if it's real then we have a real good problem on our hands so that that's kind of what i think they're going to do they're going to force themselves to have the couple of weeks to make sure that this week wasn't a fluke i think with him too he also has been a part of organization for a few years so he had he's had the otas and everything else whereas zach wilson hasn't gotten that well this year he was able to get the experience but he's more nuanced he, he's more so already familiar with all the receivers and everything so okay wait a second Joe. show you tell him mike white is he's been there i thought he was a rookie too no nah, he been um he was drafted by the, the Cowboys 2018. Oh he said, wow! Then he went over to their practice squad, the just practice squad in 2019. Okay, so he's supposed to look better than the rookie. Never mind, I never heard of the guy before. I I thought he was a rookie mm-hmm. as well. Thanks for no, straightening no, no. that out for me. This one, this man, look, I, I, I'm trying to find some sympathy. I'm attempting to find some empathy, but because I know nothing about the situation, all that I can say is, wow, you screwed me on this one. Mr. Calvin Ridley, I don't know that fantasy fans will ever be able to forgive you. <laughs> this is this is different waters to navigate because we've never had to deal with a star receipt. Like this was a guy that a lot of people had going into the season as possibly their legit number one receiver. And to just up and walk away from the game, not due to physical injury or not due to tragedy in the family. I was thinking maybe like a, like maybe, maybe someone in the family or something, God forbid had COVID or something like that. And they were like, you know, on their last leg or something and mentally he couldn't deal with. Maybe that still is the case. I'm the only thing that he indicated is that he had to deal with his mental health, which is, which don't hear what I'm not saying. That's very much important. I'm just saying that this is a a different monster, if you will. We aren't used to athletes literally saying, I'm willing to quit my million dollar job for my mental health. And we're starting to see this as kind of a trend from Olympians to your tennis players to now NFL players, Kyrie Irving in, in the NBA doing, you know, something similar. This is, this is scary when you're talking, you know, fantasy, when you're talking betting and stuff like that, when somebody can just on any given game up and say, eh, I'm not mentally into it. I'm going to take a mental health day. Or, or It sounds like a mental health month the rest of the season for this guy. I'm just trying to find that sympathetic bone in my body, but not knowing what the hell is going on is really making that difficult. Well, his smoke is fire. And when he missed that London trip, I knew something wasn't right about the situation. It didn't make sense. I hope everything turns out well with him if he's going through something personally. I hope the best for him. You thought COVID was an excuse to not go to work. Or say you got a cough and the job tell you not to come in. Tell him, tell him you you got mental some mental things going on. They're not bringing like in today's area, in today's arena. It's it's a it's a hell of an excuse. I will tell you that. And I'm not saying he's using one. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's his play. If he's disappointed by his play so far this year. Saying I'm just not going to play. He just though? checked out. Because like you just said, the anticipation for him, even he had high expectations for himself. Hell, I had him as my guy who I thought was going to challenge the Kevin Johnson record. Yeah. The expectations was there. And then you go out there and you don't quite live up to it. I think, you know, like you said, depression is kind of serious. We've seen, obviously, even Dak Prescott, Hayden Hurst want to collaborate together in regards to stuff like that. Yeah, you know, like you said, like, it's crazy that in today's football we can do that. I don't know. I'm lost for words with that, too. I'm I'm kind of appalled to that. But at the same time, that leaves the Falcons in a funk, man, because they don't got a cover. Like, Cordell is done now, in my personal opinion. Pitts is done now. You know, the element of surprise is already gone in the yeah. copycat league, like we say, week in and week out. This thing definitely hurts Pitts, man. Um, 
you know, a lot of people probably watched this game was like, okay, they thought Pitts is going to get more luck, man. I see they had Stefan Gilmore on Pitts. <laughs> I saw that. You know, you shut that down real quick. And got an interception too. Like, man, so this offense is in straight shambles, man. I, a fire sale should be in Atlanta. They need to have a yard sale today. I agree. And then in all honesty, they Everything don't have very many pieces go. that are. Matt Ryan. Absolutely. Matt Ryan <laughs> must go. Hell, the Titans. You're looking for a running back? Mike Davis. Here you go. Must go. Facts. Um, facts. Absolutely. I think, it, I think they need to have a yard sale today. And the, the the thing about it is the way they structure the next two years of Matt Ryan's deal, they're going to lose a ton of money if they cut or trade them. So they kind of made the decision in the offseason that even if they have a fire sale, that Matt Ryan wouldn't be a part of it. I think they, they'd be on the hook for like, I want to say it's like somewhere north of $15 million. It's a pretty significant amount of uh, dead cap space that they would be hit with. So it's going to be interesting these next couple of days to see the moves that several teams are going to make. And some of the injuries that we've just been recently made aware of are going to make the next segment even that much more important. A few more pieces of news to cover. A few things still went pretty much the same as they have been going. Tua was still garbage. They gotta, they gotta do. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and this guy just ain't it. If you were able to see the Miami game on yesterday, you would have noticed that he he's a dink and dunker, and he isn't all that great at that either. So I'm really hoping that Miami sees the forest for the trees and go ahead and. You know, if they want to be in a position to win versus just a position to compete, which I think Tua is perfectly fine to be in a position to compete. He'll be your, you know, your Baker Mayfield. He'll be your Tyrod Taylor. He'll be your Davis Mills. He'll be slightly less than your Jalen Hurts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if, if you really want a shot at continuing in that division, that division particularly, where you have to see the Patriots twice a year, where you have to see the Buffalo Bills twice a year, where you have an up-and-coming Jets team whose defense is going to be legit next year. It's just going to be a matter of them working out that quarterback position. And they already have a, a running back in Michael Carter. They already have their wide receivers. It's just a matter of the maturation process of the quarterback. And Miami's going to be looking on the out, literally on the outside looking in because they're going to be the worst team in the division. And that's going to be the case for quite a while because because the personnel that makes the other teams better than you are young guys, not not guys that are going to retire sometime soon, but young guys that should be there and should be a staple of those teams for some years to come. So Tua, again, went out and showed that he may not be the reason why you lose, but don't count on him being the reason that you win. Yeah, I watched that offensive line is horrible. And well, you would think he can navigate better because he can run. He's not Lamar Jackson running. Right, I mean, right. Facts, facts. You know, he can move around, but he's not that skill of a runner i mean again lack of run game you know it's easy this is the nfl these people are pretty smart so if you can't run the ball i mean what you're gonna do i mean it's easy for teams to kind of like you know set up a nice little scheme for you from week to week they need to run the ball you can't just this is this is bad man I think several heads are going to roll in Miami. If there was anything that I could possibly do to keep my job, if I was their GM and head coach, you can't stand Pat because now you're going backwards. There's nothing for you to stand on. I honestly believe that they're going to end up losing their jobs at the end of this year. If they don't do something between today and tomorrow, a couple other quarterbacks to speak on right quick, man. Wentz, what the hell are you doing? You lost that game for your team twice yesterday. 
I don't know if you guys actually saw this game or if you just saw the like the stats at the you know at the tail end. But when I tell you that Carson Wentz was the reason that they could have won, while at the same time the reason that they could have lost, Wentz was his normal self being the reason that he got traded. It's like we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. I mean, this guy threw two crucial interceptions at the wrong time. It was and it was interceptions that you're looking at like, how the hell is that even possible? What what was the dude that you was talking about last week, Barry? Uh, uh, Luke Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Luke Falk wouldn't have thrown <laughs> the interception that went through yesterday. Yeah, I see he threw that last interception to triple coverage. It's one of those things, you know, Michael Pittman was having a, a great game. You know, he got a deer. I mean, he just had a he had tunnel vision. He railed back and looked one way. I mean, this guy had three guys on him. He still threw the ball. So I'm like, hey, man, Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz. But he also played bad against Tennessee the last time they played. He didn't even have a touchdown <laughs> or even more than 200 yards against them passing. So I just think with him, like, he just – it seemed like he, he he's well, he's like Bortles in the sense where Bortles will start off the year doing everything mechanically correct, but not even four games, five games in the season, he back to being garbage. And that's Wentz. Always start off flaming, killing it. And then he just regresses as the season goes on. Tennessee put it on him, man. It's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. He had the same pa- almost the same passer rating he had the last time they, they played each other. So <laughs> we also have another quarterback to speak on. Mr. Fields did the exact opposite of Mr. Wentz. He went out there and showed why they drafted him where they did. This guy, I mean, there was one play where he was dead to rights in the backfield. Dead to rights. There's no way he should have been able to get out of the grasp of that defender. This man looked like, you, you know, that little kid that gets away from his parents and then starts running around the car like <laughs> so the parents can't get to him just start circling the car? That's what Justin Fields looked like he was doing. And the next thing you know, this dude runs in for a touchdown. Nobody could touch him. Another run, he went around and was faster than Bosa. I don't know if you know anything about Bosa. Both men Buckeyes. Go Ohio State. But to get literally to speed around Bosa, not very many people in general do that. I have never seen a quarterback do that. Fields is different, y'all. When this kid gets his feet under him, you're talking about Lamar Jackson 2.0. He can throw the ball better, and he's just as fast. If Chicago can get out of their own way and have some type of an offensive scheme that is truly fitting for him, we may be looking at an MVP next year. This is going to be the kind of guy, and I know I'm, I'm way ahead, but this is going to be the kind of guy that you can get late next year based on him showing glimpses but not necessarily quite getting the job done on a consistent basis this year but he could end up winning your fantasy league for you on next year because you were ahead of the curve he's going to be worst case if not um, Lamar Jackson 2.0 his worst case is going to be Jalen Hurts 2.0 think about the the consistency that Jalen Hurts has in his fantasy output even though he may have a garbage game just his floor being so high due to running is what makes him such a fantasy gift if you will based on where you would have drafted him so i really think the arrow is pointing up for fields i also really feel in that same breath and on that same team that Mooney is his guy. Robinson will be out the door. Now that they have a quarterback and that guy isn't on the same page with Robinson and Robinson was already franchised, 
I can see them go ahead and move it away. Chicago is really in a position to put themselves on the map or whether or not Nagy is able to put together the scheme needed. Um, and speaking of Nagy right quick, he's been out now for a couple weeks, um, definitely longer than the amount of time that most of the people that we have known about in the NFL that have gotten it. So may- maybe this thing is hitting him a little bit harder than you know it, it hit others within the NFL. So there's a, a couple of things going on with Chicago. Um, one with the arrow moving up and one with a little bit of uncertainty. I mean, Fields looked really good yesterday, but this also made Nagy look really bad. It really yesterday. did. They had a new play call. I know Joe was speaking on it last week. They came in and called a pretty good game. Uh, I would like to see the offensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens get this job. Greg Roman. Um, I think he'd be an ideal guy for who can really use uh, Fields' skill set and get the most out of it. I'm actually looking for Allen Robinson to be traded by tomorrow because he's not benefiting the Chicago Bears at all. And they're not benefit to him at all either. So I definitely look for him to to possibly move to another team uh, by tomorrow. Yeah, I love Allen Robinson, but for what he's worth to that that team, he definitely makes it easy for Moody to be productive. But I think it's all in the growing process of Fields quickly because I definitely agree with Zay. And before Fields went to Ohio State, he was at Georgia. He did run a four four at the pro day. We don't know what Lamar's pro day is, so <laughs> I don't know who's faster, but he's remarkably fast. And like y'all said, the floor, I think his 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 talent, he's a more accurate just uh, Lamar Jack. So I think, you know, like you said, he just needs the right coach. Greg Roman would be phenomenal uh, choice if he's willing to step away from Lamar Absolutely. Uh, to go over there. I think he's more Kyler Murray than Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, when it comes to his skill set. Um, I can see that. Fields. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. As far as a passer, you know what I mean? He's a really good passer. Think about it. If you can have Kyler Murray, but a little bit larger in stature, what else could you ask for in today's NFL? Because right. they're not really run first. Uh, Lamar, to me, is more of a run first guy. Where these guys are more, I run if I have to. Absolutely. You know, they, Fields they run don't to get out look, of trouble. Yeah, Fields don't really look to run. Like I mean, he can run, yeah, but he's he's not one of those guys that, okay, my first read's not there, I'm out of here. You know, Lamar Jackson, my first read's not here, I'm out of here. And the same thing for Kyler Murray. Like, they had to press him to run. Like, yo, we need to take off. So, I, I'm more I'm more a comparison to Kyler than uh, Lamar. And the news is going to kind of be the larger segment of the day, if you will. There's still a few more items to cover. Now, this was one just kind of stand in the flames, if you will, with the airs. I kind of saw a few chinks in the armor as far as Khalil Herbert was concerned yesterday. Um, Are we... Did we uh, uh, anoint Mr. Herbert, you know, a week or two too soon? Or is this just a blip on the radar and he was what we saw against Tampa Bay more so than what we saw yesterday? Uh, no, I, I, I still think he's uh, who I think he is. I just think the matchup was there. He got a pretty rough schedule coming up anyway in these next couple of games. And I know we thought that San Fran's defensive line was a little lackluster and and, and it should be a game that he can kind of, you know, do what he does in. So that's the only thing that kind of made me think, you know, maybe maybe he's uh, somewhere in between what we saw this week and what we saw a couple weeks prior. I think with the zone run scheme now, they see it every day in, in practice with Shanahan. So True. you get an East east-west runner against a team that already see it every day they're gonna know how to stop the gaps automatically but i think he is a great complimentary back and good thing montgomery should be back real soon i think he's already okay off 
the injury tag. So he has within what the 21 days to get on the field. But I like Herbert. I think he, but he's more of a complimentary back, better than uh, Cohen was uh, in the past. We got Mike Williams, who seems to be playing a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of game here. Mike Williams had another week where his woes outweighed his likelihood of helping you to a win. Not exactly sure what's going on with that offense, but Mike Williams just hasn't been the same the last couple of weeks. I know he normally has these little, you know, ticky-tack injuries that come about. They haven't really indicated that that was the case, but man, um, Mike Williams, I need you to wake up, buddy, because I'm depending on you in several locations where you were my wide receiver three, but then you started showing up and showing out. So I kind of, you know, you're not now you're in a position that I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on you and it, it's not quite working out well so i'm sure there's several other fantasy players out there in the same position do we think that this is a quick turnaround or we're going to see much more of the same throughout the rest of the year with mike williams with the chargers or was this just a bill belichick took out your number one weapon as the patriots normally do and made you you know fight left-handed so to speak i think it's both i think it's definitely bill taking them out but i also feel like we're going to see him up and down due to the matchup. The games that he did do well, it was, you know, good matchups. He took advantage of them. Uh, The games he hasn't been doing well, like against the Raiders, against Baltimore, and against New England, those are tougher matchups. He does have a few more in his near, in the near future. They play Philadelphia next week. Who's definitely one of the better teams against the pass this year. So I think it depends on who he's playing against, to be honest with you. We got a couple of running back situations going on right now as we kind of round out the news here. I don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia at this point. Now you got Jordan Howard getting his piece of the pie. Boston Scott getting his piece of the pie. Gainwell not getting touches at all in the absence of Sanders. I'm just confused. I, I'm I'm off this backfield. I, I don't want to. I don't want to touch it at this point. That they're they're whatever the hell they're doing just isn't predictable enough for me. I feel sorry for Miles Sanders, man. You got a guy that came off the couch game one and get more carries than you've been getting all year. That's crazy. <laughs> like it's crazy. Like Jordan Howard, he got twelve carries, like off of the couch, scored twice. It seemed like they're using him a lot in the red zone, especially down at the goal line. Yeah, I did pick Boston Scott to have a good game, which he did also. Absolutely. Um, but even with Boston Scott, he ran the ball twelve times. This is twenty-four carries out of two running backs. Wow. Miles Sanders was not getting this type of love. All season all. long, man. I, I'm just as confused as you are. And maybe this is confused, a coaching thing. Maybe you don't like Miles Sanders, right? That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe maybe he pissed somebody off or something. Because that's not. You gotta understand. Also, it's not his guy. That's you true. Know what I mean, so when you that's get these true. new coaches come in. No matter how talented a player could be, he's just not his guy. So, but but you drafted Gainwell. Why would you not give Gainwell at least the same run that he's been getting when Miles Sanders was available? I mean, Miles no, Sanders no. gets hurt, and now Gainwell does next to nothing. No, no, no. Gainwell had 13 carries. So that's 12, 12, and 13. That's how many times they ran that ball yesterday. So wait a minute, because when I when I was looking at the highlights of the game, I basically looking at red zone and things like that, they must not have given Gainwell any carries until damn near the fourth quarter then. Now, he must have been like a, a garbage time. No, he, he, he just wasn't doing much with it. I mean, he only had uh, 27 yards on mm-hmm. 13 carries, so he wasn't doing much with – he actually led – you know, led the group in carries with one more That's than the crazy, other two guys. Because every time I saw the team on the screen, I never saw him on the field. Yeah. Like it, it was always Scott and Howard. That's crazy. Yeah, he wasn't doing anything with it. But that's 13 plus 12 plus 12. That's how many rushing attempts these guys had. 
So where was that same energy? Correct. With Miles Sanders, <laughs> I mean, it's, it 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 almost feels as if you were doing what was necessary to make him look bad. If that's the case, okay, well, go ahead and send him on his way, you know, before four o'clock tomorrow. But I I don't know. It's it's something feels real weird about this backfield, and yeah. I, and I'm I'm not trying to figure it out on a weekly basis. So I I would I would uh you know fire sale. Like if you want them, come grab them. Here, here he is, or here they are. I, I wouldn't depend on any of them. another couple of running backs that that kind of surprised on yesterday. Um, surprised in a good way was the Ernest Johnson. I told you guys on last week. I understand Chubb is coming back, but I still have a good feeling that the Ernest Johnson is going to have that hunt type of a role. Um, he was able to score this week. So if you had him, you kind of got some free points there. Chubb doesn't look like, I mean, he's back, but he doesn't look like Chubb just yet. So I still feel they're going to lean heavily on Dearness Johnson, who, like I said, could still be out there on your waivers or someone may have dropped him once they heard that Chubb was back, but Hunt won't be back for another good month or so. So that's that may be a pivot for someone who has lost a running back anytime lately. Barry, this one is out to you, buddy. What in the world is going on with Trey Sermon? Has, has San Francisco just determined that Mitchell is the guy and Trey Sermon is dog shit at this point? Because he's not even getting an opportunity anymore. Yeah, Mitch, I mean, Mitchell has came in and, and took the reins, man. I mean, he stood out as the best running back. I mean, in that group, he's had he had a really good game uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Continue on from the week before, right before, uh, before the bye. I mean, right after the bye. So the last two weeks, he's been running the ball very well. And he's the number one. Stud right now. I mean, Sermon, you know, with Shanahan, names don't matter. Back. It's the it's the best man. You know, so I'm gonna play the best man. And this guy just fits that that scheme better than the rest of the guys. You know, I'm a Mitchell guy, claim that bandwagon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, you know, like I said, like before, he just reminds me so much of Mostart, like as far as the role Elijah Mitchell is to have. But like you said, you can't discount it with, with Shanahan because at any moment, you know, it can revert to something else, you know, with Hasty coming back in the fold and everything else. I would I would fade Sermon as well. Lastly. We have the current bane of my existence, and and Vander, I will uh, uh, allow you your your victory round, if you will. Swift just completely fucked me over yesterday, man. I mean, I had a choice between him and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was in the game. Joe Mixon would have won the game for me. Hmm. And as soon as I heard that Williams for Detroit was out. The first thing to go off in my fantasy mind was, wow, so Swift is going to get all the touches, garbage time, and otherwise makes all the sense in the world that he should have the higher floor with that volume. Not so much. I outsmarted myself. So, But I will say this, and this is just me trying to find a silver lining in the dark cloud. <laughs> Normally, with you and I, whoever wins in the regular season loses in the playoffs. So we shall see each other again, sir. And I look forward to the matchup. But Swift absolutely put up a dud yesterday. Man, like I said, Mixon had the better matchup going against the Jets. Swift, he doesn't run the ball very well. He catches the ball very well, but he does not run the ball very well out of the backfield. I mean, he's still a good fantasy option. Don't get me wrong. I still like him. I just thought Mixon was a better play for you. Yeah, I, I think also, too, Jared Goff really is limited in his floor and his potential ceiling. It's not many games, believe it or not. He even scored a touchdown. I think he's already at four games with zero touchdowns. And just of those games, he only had three of them with more than two. So he's, you know, Goff is really fucking up for everybody. Lastly. 
to go over our I told you so, basically. <laughs> the starts of the week, Henderson went off. Robinson got injured. And actually, while we're in the news part of the segment, I'm not exactly sure how significant Robinson's ankle injury is but once he got injured he didn't return for the rest of the game so with that one it's kind of a is what it is can't predict injury but uh robinson does have a looks to be not significant in the fact of you know maybe not returning for several weeks but significant enough that it was able to knock him out of yesterday's game so it's a heel injury it's a heel okay i thought it was ankle okay and now with those type injuries like honestly i don't i don't hear too much about heel heel injuries um popping off very often is is that a pain tolerance sort of a thing or what's the the amount of time that it normally takes or something like that to you know be able to at least get through it i'm pretty sure they all vary but with what he has it seemed like it was a pain thing the coach came out and said that he was he was looking to return the second half of that game but he just never came back he got hurt in the first quarter and urban mind was looking for him to come back but he never came back so so is that does that make the situation worse like like you thought it was you know, you thought it was something insignificant, but he couldn't come back. Or is it, uh, well, if we really, really wanted him to come back, he could have, but we gave him the rest of the day off. Like, how, how did you? I think they got behind that game a little bit, and it probably didn't make sense for him to even come back and, and play the role that he plays in that offense. Because I think they was down by a couple scores. So they need to pass to uh, try to catch up. So that's the reason I think he didn't come back in. And then our third start of the week, which was, in my estimation, the only one that didn't turn out and had the opportunity to was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins ended up with somewhere around like 14 fantasy points, just depending on your scoring system. So he didn't tank your week, but he didn't blow up the way we thought he could. And based on what was going on in the game, he kind of had the opportunity to do so, but it just didn't quite work out one Instead of Dallas throwing the ball a thousand times the way they probably would have if Dak Prescott was in the game, they ran the ball quite a bit more, which made the game in of itself that much shorter and gave both teams a lower amount of opportunities to put up fantasy points. So just one thing to look at there. I think that game would have been quite a bit different had Dak played because I believe the Vikings would have been playing from behind the entire time, forcing Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. So uh, Dak not playing definitely threw that one out of whack a little bit. And now let's go on to our newest segment. We're going to take a look at how these proposed trades are going to affect the NFL and some of the trades that may not go through, but they should. Let's hop right into it. All right, all right, all right. Let's hop right into it. Where are these people about to go and why? And if they don't end up going there, they probably should have. Why? Because we said so. So (laughs) we're going to hop right into this trade segment. There's actually a bit of breaking news that I just saw. Got an update on James Robinson, and it literally just came across my phone here. James Robinson escaped serious injury, and he's expected to be day-to-day with his foot injury. So um, we are we, we avoided serious injury with James Robinson, so you could probably see him um, in the next week or two there. They're, They put him as day to day, not even week to week. So he may actually be ready for this coming week. So good stuff there. Also, also real quick, man, we also have another breaking news report where the Tennessee Titans will be hosting Adrian Peterson in for a workout. AP. They're going to jump in that hot tub time machine on this one. (laughs) And uh, 
bring AP in for a workout. And we, I guess we see how that goes. He definitely fits the scheme. And if, if anybody can do it, AP can. It, this dude like Wolverine or something. You know what I mean? So he, he just won't go away. You know what I mean? He's tough. So we'll see he how that go goes. Away. That man got bills to pay. <laughs> Don't He'll run the ball till he's 60 as long as you keep calling his name. It didn't. It could have been the Titans. It could have been what? What's that fake ass high school that was on? <laughs> that was that got on ESPN. What was oh, yeah. it? It could have been them calling them. I forget the name of them. It could have been them calling. He probably ain't even paying an agent no more. He can't afford it. But if his phone ring, he going to whoever called. He's a mercenary for hire now. But the beautiful thing about it, like you said, I can see him stepping in and doing the. Not, don't hear what I'm not saying. He's not Derrick Henry. But he's the closest thing that you can find for free without having to give up draft capital or other players. So I I like the direction that they're going in for sure. We got a few players that we're going to throw out there. We'll kind of tell you why we think they're going to be on the move or where we kind of gather the information or the, the inkling, if you will. And then we will let you know where we feel they might be a decent fit or who can use them the most. Um, so young Vander, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Sure. Let's start it off with, uh, wide receiver, Allen Robinson. Um, now, you know, trading with your best receiving threat is probably not like the best way to help your rookie quarterback, but however, the bears, um, I think they face an interesting decision these next couple of days. Uh, this guy was franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken, he's looking for that big contract and the way the play is right now. I'm not sure they're going to be the team that gives it to him. Um, it wasn't able to work out that long-term contract in the offseason. I uh, definitely could see Allen Robinson. There's a few teams that I think can use his services. Uh, an in-division team, of course, the Detroit Lions definitely can need a wide receiver. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I think, still need to fill that role. Um, I think he'd probably be a good fit in Baltimore as well. Um, so I definitely think uh, Allen Robinson would be a guy to watch for on the move. Definitely like that take. Definitely like that take. Now, um, with Allen Robinson, the thing is, honestly, I think with the Bears, this is an hour and every situation because you're not in a position to make the playoffs. And on top of that, this guy was franchised this year. If you franchise him next year, the amount of money that you have to pay him will be astronomical, and he's not even fitting into the system right now. So, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to get something for him versus nothing. You might be able to get a high enough draft pick for him that you can actually pick his replacement without much issue. This draft class coming up is going to have more wide receivers available than just about any other position. So. That's definitely something I would look at as well. Um, Stay in the vein of the wide receiver. I honestly believe that there is absolutely nothing that Brandon Cooks can do for Houston and nothing that Houston can do for Brandon Cooks. If Brandon Cooks went to the New Orleans Saints or back to the New England Patriots, I think it would be a much better fit and he would have a much better QB even if we're talking about Taysom Hill, um, definitely we're talking about Mac Jones. He would have a much better QB situation. I, I wouldn't want to round out my career in that scenario. I, I wouldn't want to end my career in a rebuild. And that's the barrel that he's staring down um, if he doesn't get traded out of Houston. And I think he saw the writing on the wall for what Houston was about to do when Ingram got traded. And if you pay attention to Twitter or anything at all, he let it be known that he was not happy that they basically gave up their running game. 
which is going to make life that much harder for him. That's a guy that I can see going elsewhere and it working out better for him, the team he's going to, and the team that he's leaving. Man, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Shanahan, he done threw this man through the mud, man. I think what Shanahan isn't realizing is that him and Debo play the same position. I think, you know, his success isn't more so his talent or what his propensity, what he's putting out on the field, but more a lack of you're delegating him without uh, Kittle to be more of a Z receiver, which isn't what he's to play in the NFL. And I think especially with, you know, Kittle coming back on the men and everything else and how to utilize the running back position, it's an easy way to move on from uh, somebody who's in Shanahan's doghouse, clearly. Nice, nice. I kind of want to stay in this receiver role, man. I got the kid Jameson Crowder. Okay. And I think when Joe Douglas used that second-round pick on Elijah Moore this past spring, the writing was on the wall for him to be the man getting pushed out the door. But he's looked better than any of the other wide receivers that they have, honestly. Once he got in there, Davis wasn't getting the same volume or – Elijah Moore hasn't really popped. I think he had like one pretty good game. Crowder seems to be, I mean, if anything, I might look at possibly moving Davis. He he getting paid a lot more. You're not, you just bought a man. I mean, you know how much money you spend on Davis to bring a man? They're not going to move Davis. That's true. I mean, yeah. that, that would be one of the reasons I would attempt to move him because of how much he's getting paid. But And, 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 not, and Crowder is actually producing more than he is. Well, you know, you can't just sign a guy to a big deal and then turn around and trade him. Like You get hit with all kind of dead Penalty, money and yeah. all that. Yeah, That's you true. get Torched. That first so, year, yeah. Right. So, um, I, you know, I think Crowder would be the guy. You know, his first he missed the first three games with a groin injury. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he did a whole lot this year. I think that he's somebody. Um, another, and those same teams I named earlier, you know, Detroit can use him. Baltimore, I think, can still use a wide receiver. Look for uh, Jameson Crowder to be on the move. And that's another that that would actually. I'm glad you brought up that team because. For my money, that would actually that might be the best spot for Brandon Cooks to go to. A true number one wide receiver putting Watkins back in his normal spot and then having Bateman, the young gun, to kind of back clean up, if you will. They're all three capable of moving to any given wide receiver spot. That that might actually be a, another good spot for Brandon Cooks being the Baltimore Ravens. Also, real quick for a one year rental, the Kansas City Chiefs, Allen Robinson. Uh, Jameson Crowder on the Kansas City Yo, Chiefs would be pretty pretty crazy. You're so right. watch out for that also. they they also kind of looking for that guy to replace that Sammy Watkins role. So these two guys right. would, would knock it out of the park for sure. And I'm not sure if you guys forgot about this at all, but Josh Gordon did go to Kansas City. He just isn't doing very much there. So they are definitely looking for a, a difference-making wide receiver, and they thought they may have had one. Maybe they still do later on, but. I haven't heard his name at all. Like until we just started talking about the wide receiver situation in Kansas City, I forgot they even picked him up. So do we even? I mean, is he even playing? I mean, I saw him like a couple of weeks ago get out there, but I haven't even heard his name called in any game since then. Nah, he uh enjoying the dispensary around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think much like Le'Veon, who spent almost four weeks, you know, kind of getting acclimated. I think it's the same thing with Josh. He hasn't played football for almost two years, give or take, with all his impending suspensions. So I just think, you know, especially our offense as nuanced as uh, what they run there under Andy and uh, Egg Bellamy. I just think, you like it, like uh, Fan said earlier, well, like you said earlier, Egg, that maybe later on he's going to pro- produce, but not right now. I got a couple more wide receivers 
um, that I can see being on the move. Both from Pittsburgh, um, they wouldn't move both, but they could move either. Juju and James Washington. You have your two stud wide receivers in Claypool and Johnson for Pittsburgh. Juju wouldn't even be there right now if anyone had offered him even slightly more money. And let's just be honest, you're not going to sign him to a long-term contract. You were just trying to fill a hole. You have James Washington that's there. You don't need both. There are several other pieces that you do need. Maybe you see if you can find, you know, some meddling lineman that a team doesn't have use for that he's maybe playing backup for. And you see if maybe you can get that lineman and a fourth round pick for a juju or a head up trade for Washington and that lineman. But you got to do whatever you can to keep Big Ben upright and breathing. Also, just as importantly, you want to start working on your plan to fix the O-line issues that you have so that you don't find yourself in a similar predicament next year for whoever your QB is going to be. Or you can show that potential offseason free agent QB that, hey, we're we're fixing this issue and you won't have to worry about getting beat up the way Big Ben has. So that's another opportunity that I see for one team that wanted to move a couple of guys anyway to go ahead and do it and another team to have a bit of a come up. Yeah, so I have two wide receivers to kind of round out the wide receiver topic. I'm going to first go with Robert Woods, and I think this could hope possibly go down tomorrow, but who's who's to say? Uh, reason being, I just think he's kind of fade. His role in the offense is fading. I think Van Jefferson will have a more predominant role. And look at Deshaun Jackson also went out for a similar reason. They have like Atwell as well in there, and I just think – a change of scenery for him would be great. And plus, too, he's one of those guys that his next year contract won't be fully guaranteed until he's there past the fifth league day. So he's one of those guys that if they don't move him now, they can move him at the start of next year, the next season. And I think he, you know, he definitely could benefit going to a team like the Raiders, you know, giving them another weapon in addition to Waller and actually expounding upon Henry Ruggs and his ability and Renfro coming across the slot. And then my second one is OBJ, who we all know has been in these talks for almost a year and a half now. But it's more than likely possible. This is the last year he'll carry a cap hit against the Brown salary. So why not move him? You know, because you're going to do it now or likely cut him next year. So I think he definitely would deserve a change of scenery. I don't have a team in mind just yet, but a team offhand would be somebody like the Detroit Lions who has nobody. I think, you know, win-win for him to salvage his career as a legit number one receiver. And Goff needs somebody to throw the ball to as opposed to keep telling everybody each wide receiver is Cooper Cup because he even said it about St. Brown and now he's saying it about Raymond. Man, I think the Atlanta Falcons with with everything that's going on would probably be a good look. Think about it. Atlanta always had success when they had two wide receivers, whether it was Roddy White and Julio or Julio, you know, and so on. So, um, hey, Falcons, give Odell Beckham a call. I mean, you never know when the the mental case is coming back. So, man, give Odell a call. I love that take, by the way, Vander, because they definitely need a replacement. and They may need a replacement for more than just a month. Or maybe right. more than just the rest of this year. And he'll um, get all the targets he can handle in, in Atlanta, I'm sure. No excuses. Yep. You got the quarterback that you want. You right. got the volume that you want. But, but, oh, I don't know what their cap situation is. Can, can they afford them? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Because that would be sure. the only – yeah, that would be the only thing. Because I, I think I, they were in a bit of a cap situation. That's why they had to – that's why they had to cut Julio or he would still be there. 
in this situation it's possible because all the guaranteed money as far as his guarantees is already on the books for the Browns. So oh, it is okay. possible. Uh, same thing with Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk could be another candidate for the Falcons for the same reason. His guarantees already up and they only owe him less than like three million. All right, so I'm gonna go real quick on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm gonna go with the kid Melvin Ingram out of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Steelers. Mm-hmm. He's definitely seen a reduction in his playing time, and he's already made it clear he would like to have a new home. The return of T.J. Watt and the way um, Alex Hasman's been playing, um, this guy hasn't really been getting the playing time. So I think teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who's looking for pass rush, uh, the Dallas Cowboys would be a great team, so they can take that kid. Um, Michael Parsons. Yeah, and let him play. Put him at his natural linebacker for sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So Melvin Ingram. Well, they'll be able to do that anyway because think about it. That Once D-Law comes back, depending on how hurt Demarcus Lawrence is, that'll determine whether or not they need to make that type of a move because if he's within, you know, a couple of weeks of, of, of returning and they only have one loss, I wouldn't necessarily go purchase a duplicate piece because D-Law plays the same position as Melvin, right? Yeah, but D-Law hasn't been doing anything anyway. I mean, he's been so, hurt like the majority of the season. So I mean, he has did anything last year. What else? That, I mean, that's another, he that's got another. that. He got that check and laid down, just like the kid they shipped to uh, Green Bay. He got that check and laid down, Jalen Smith. So, I mean, the more the when it comes to pass rushers, you can never have too many. You can never have enough pass rushers. No, I think he took a two year deal with Pittsburgh. Uh, Melvin Ingram. Real quick though, um, the injury to J.J. Watt. Arizona Cardinals, this would be a nice pickup for them also. Yeah, would definitely be a pick for him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, On the other side so. of Chandler Jones. Correct. It looks like the majority of our lists are going to be with wide receivers. I do have one other wide receiver, actually two other wide receivers. Nikhil Harry of the Patriots. I think that Green Bay could use him. I think Green Bay could use Nikhil Harry as a number two receiver right now. And I also believe that the similar scenario, Josh Reynolds isn't getting um, any volume in Tennessee. First of all, he, he isn't injured, is he? Because that may be the reason he didn't get any volume. I, I didn't see anything about an injury. But if, if, if he's not hurt, they need to go ahead and trade him. Because what I saw with him playing with the Rams versus what they've been able to do with him, just go ahead and give him to somebody that actually might be able to use him. Maybe if Chicago trades Allen Robinson, Maybe you fill that spot with a Josh Reynolds um, or, or that type of a wide receiver, even, even a, a Nikhil Harry, but just somebody that at least has the pedigree, even if they haven't shown it yet in the NFL, but they have the uh, the capability to do so. Um, I think he can do the same thing with a wide receiver of that type as he has done with a Darnell Mooney. Sounds good. Real quick, man, I'm going to address the, the elephant that everybody been talking about for the last month. Um, Marlon Mack. Yeah, um, yeah. This yeah. deal simply feels too easy. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, man, they've been dealing with tough injuries all season. They've been playing musical chairs with their running back situation. And I think Marlon Mack would probably be a good fit, a great fit on that team. Also with the newly injured Tennessee Titan, Derrick Henry, even though it's in division, I feel that uh, Marlon Mack would be uh, definitely a, a great fit for them. Even – to move and move forward, even next year, if we have Marlon Mack spelling Derrick Henry, I mean, the offense still should keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely like both of those teams um, as replacements. Also, real quick, uh, I think they, also the Kansas City Chiefs are looking for a running back as well. So this is maybe another mm. uh, landing spot for a guy like Marlon to Mack. replace 
Williams or to back up Daryl Williams while Clyde is still hurt? I think they'll probably be in a committee if he gotcha. needs to go there. Okay. Yeah. Because sure. he's better. He's a better. He's a really good receiving back. So I think Marlon Mack probably would command the early down work and then he'll do his thing on third down. So with my two running backs, I actually have Ronald Jones and Damian Williams as my two running backs. Ronald Jones, his, we already seen Fournette. He is the bell cow now in his backfield. And we already know uh, Bernard is going to be the pass catching specialist. I mean, like, do you need Ronald Jones at this point? In my personal opinion, that's something I'm looking at. And I think, too, because he's going to be an undrafted free agent, and though everybody's taking discounts, they have even more people to resign next year. Why not get something of value with Ronald Jones? And then with Damian Williams with the Bears, I just he just hasn't panned out. After, to me, I thought he's going to be that NBA, you know, uh, NBA, the MVP kind of runner he was for the Super Bowl. And we've already seen Herbert kind of outshun him in that. With the impending return of Montgomery, and they already have Nell, I think they can get by with getting rid of a Damian Williams for a needy team. Both of those guys can fill in easily for the Tennessee Titans. And I just think with both, like I said, both of them are both unrestricted free agents, so you're not going to stand to get anything for keeping them. Why not go ahead and get a pick out of them in return? I have just a couple more going to the quarterback position. And I'm not going to spend very much time on this because I've been tooting this horn for weeks now. Houston needs to go ahead and move Watson wherever they want to move him to, whether it be Miami, whether it be Carolina. If they, I know Carolina was saying they'd be willing to move. I mean, if if the name Christian McCaffrey is is even stuttered, I'm making the move. You wouldn't have given me first round picks, Christian McCaffrey, and I, it was something else. I was like, wow, if this if this rumor is true, they should have hit accept on that trade. <laughs> like a, two weeks ago. But yeah, Houston needs to go ahead and do whatever they're going to do with Watson. Uh, you're going to end up paying them for a full year. There aren't going to be too many situations that are going to change because if next offseason, he's still only willing to go to one team, guess what? There's still the same amount of competition then that there is now because he has the card in his hand that determines because of the no trade clause, whether he goes or not. So it doesn't matter how many teams are going to be interested or how much interest you can drum up if he says, nah, I only want to go here. So unless you're willing to pay him to not play for the next four years, go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid. It's not like you're getting cheated. You're actually trying to be greedy, but go ahead and make it happen. Um, And lastly, for me, Evan Ingram, you're not going to re-sign him, New York. So there's several teams that need tight ends right now that would be willing to work with you and you get nothing for them in the offseason. It's not like you're about to make a playoff run. You're not going to win the division. Go ahead and make the move, rip that Band-Aid off and start working towards next year. That doesn't mean that you're giving up, but if you can get something versus nothing for a guy that isn't pivotal in your offense anymore, go ahead and make the move. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a quick two out there. My last two, man. Um, Joe's uh stumble punters got a little bit. Um, Djax. Yeah. Um, he's already seeking to get out of there. Um, I know he's talking about probably Robert Woods trying to get out of there. But man, the Green Bay Packers. I think they seen what their offense looks like without Devontae Adams. If you really believe that this could be Aaron Rodgers' last year, you must well try to give him as many weapons as possible and try to get this ring. Um, he has proven that he still can get vertical this year with the Rams. So I definitely like to see Deshaun Jackson. The New England Patriots may be a team also as well, and even the New Orleans Saints. Um, maybe another team that be in the mix that can 
use a guy that can stretch the field. And uh, last but not least, I'm going to go with the kid, Nick Foles. This is a third-string quarterback. I mean, I think the organization has been trying to find a landing spot for him, but it's a Noah Ville. And with the deadline looming, this may be a time to revisit that. Uh, New Orleans may be a team I, I would like to see him go to. True, true. They um, definitely he, need a backup now. Right. Who's pretty much like James Winston. I mean, they're damn near the same guy to me. So, And I think uh, the New Orleans Saints coach, him kind of being like a quarterback whisper type kind of guy, I think that may be a pretty good landing spot for a guy like Nick Foles. You can get the most out of him. I feel that. There's a touch on Nick Foles real quick. It was just kind of crazy during the offseason when there's speculation during training camp. He might go to the Colts. He kind of threw shade. Like, you know, you've seen what I've done under, you know, Seriani and um, the other Eagles coach. Can you imagine what I can do going back playing with him? So he still had a, a dog in him to go and play. So that's a good call out. I'll obviously touch on Michael Gallup, who's another unrestricted free agent that the Cowboys need to move on from. At least if you want to get something, it's realistic, you know, to get get rid of him now. I would love for the Patriots to get Gallup. That that would be that would be awesome on the other side of Aguilar. Because you can't afford him, you're not going to be able to afford to give him upwards of nine to ten million dollars. That he's going to get for free agency. Why don't you get something for him right now? And Tim Patrick is another one, not to stay on, go back to receivers, but Tim Patrick, as great as he is, as talented he I is. I love Tim Patrick. He's been so consistent, but that's a good reason to trade him now because they're running low on cap. And even though the cap is going to go up next year, I think he's a great trade with, you know, obviously Judy's coming back mm-hmm. and they have a slew of other wide receivers on Denver. So why they not do. get something for him? He's another unrestricted free agent after this year. And I believe that about wraps up the trade talk. So, again, if you're trying to find us, Gmail, Fantasy Football Fiend, Twitter, Fantasy underscore Fiend, IG, Fantasy Football Fiend, and on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.